first doctrine is to dominate the globe World super governments infiltrate parliaments Hit you with an economic war Not a shred of light in these scriptures of darkness Take the Christian blood, use it for our own feast Poison well, spread the plague in our own streets Druid in cemeteries and Prague, y'all meet Defy century plans to run the whole fleet One world police state abuse the authority I use Moorish code cause the Quran is recording me my every word to bring the Tsar power Surely style like serve to make our fate sour Conspiracy was advocated, stories fabricated They said that we were dedicated Hello, I'm Saffron Kaplan and this is Protocol Zion The podcast, the brand new podcast in fact Where I read the incredibly anti-Semitic book called the protocols of the elders of zion which can be expanded to like the protocols of the meetings of the learned elders of zion but that's too many prepositions and also adjectives and nouns so we're not going to do that what we are going to do or what i am going to do is read this book which i will give a little bit of background on in a second and make stupid jokes about it, uh, because that's basically all a podcast is, right? It's just stupid jokes about shit, which I know, because I listen to podcasts. So, like I said, the protocols are a very, very anti-Semitic text, which was written... I really don't feel like doing any research on this, so I'm going to say, like, 19... 20s or something uh the main thing i know about it well okay so (laughs) the place i got it from uh was the person added some commentary on it which uh maybe went in not exactly the way i would have preferred um they said something about it being written by a russian i believe but i don't give a fuck we don't like russia right now we just got rid of all their diplomats so i don't have to care Um, but I do know that Henry Ford, uh, famously made, like, 500,000 copies of it and distributed them, and he was in, like, the early 1900s, so I'm I'm gonna assume it was written sometime around then. Anyways, I am, as you hopefully know, myself a Jew, uh, so we're going to be, or I'm going to be going through this, maybe I'll get some guests later on, we'll see. Anyways, the point is, this is a podcast where I... A known Jew will be reading the protocols of the elders of Zion out loud to you, the audience, and commenting on them, and, uh, you know, hopefully just having a little bit of fun. Alright, backstory done, as much as I cared to give. Here we go. Ugh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, it's not taking his name in vain, right? Jewish joke. Anyways. Protocols of the Meetings of the Learned Elders of Zion. The last time I will be saying that. Protocol number one. Putting aside fine phrases, we shall speak of the significance of each thought. By comparisons and deductions, we shall throw light upon surrounding facts. See, that is pretty Jewish, but I wouldn't wouldn't say uh, we're super fond of putting aside fine phrases... Or really throwing light on anything in particular. That's, God, there's there's all these jokes about how Jews could never take over the world because um, they'd spend the whole time trying to decide where to get lunch or when to schedule the next meeting. 
there was some like spoken word song thing that I heard about that that I cannot remember the name of but I will put that in the show notes because it was very good all right (laughs) two what I am oh there was one author all right Two, what I am about to set forth, then, is our system from the two points of view, that of ourselves and that of the goyim, i.e. non-Jews. It says that in the text. That is even funnier because there's literally this joke about uh, two Jews, three opinions. So the fact that all Jews would have the same point of view is just fucking hilarious. Three, it must be noted that men with bad instincts are more in number than the good, and therefore the best results in governing them are attained by violence and terrorization and not by academic discussions. Okay, again, fake. Jews fucking love academic discussions. We just cannot get enough. We have a whole fucking book that is literally just academic discussions. And it's like a canonical text. These people did not do their research. Every man aims at power. Everyone would like to become a dictator if only he could, and rare indeed are the men who would not be willing to sacrifice the welfare of all for the sake of securing their own welfare. God, this is so funny because I was scrolling through it earlier, and like a couple pages down, it says something about we support communism, which, well, I don't know, maybe they're saying that they're trying to change human nature? That sounds pretty Jewish. That kind of, uh, you know, stark optimism in the face of fucking the thing that they just said about... Anyways, Jews. Mm-hmm. God, this is fucking hilarious. I'm really glad I'm doing this. Oh, man. Okay. So, uh, people are selfish. Well, it says men are selfish. It doesn't say women. Four. What has restrained the beasts of prey who were called men? What has served for their guidance hitherto? 5. In the beginnings of the structure of society, they were subjected to brutal and blind force. Okay. Afterwards. Afterwards? It literally says afterwards. Okay, Russia man. Okay, I understand this wasn't written in English. I guess I meant the translator. He was probably Russian, too. Uh, oh, yeah, it says he was Russian, too. Okay, that's valid. Uh, they were subjected to brutal and blind force. Afterwards, to law, which is the same force, only disguised. I mean, they're not wrong. I draw the conclusion that by the law of nature, right lies in force. Okay. Political freedom is an idea, but not a fact. Okay, valid. This idea one must know how to apply whenever it appears necessary with this bait of an idea to attract the masses of the people to one's party for the purpose of crushing another who is in authority. Huh. Okay, so they're saying political freedom is only used when it is for the purpose of of crushing another. Oh my god, I'm excited about this next part. This task is rendered easier of the opponent if the opponent has himself been infected with the idea of freedom. So-called liberalism! That's in all caps. I'm really excited to just fucking shout everything that's in all caps. I'm really excited about that. Uh, So-called liberalism, and for the sake of an idea, is willing to yield some of his power. Okay, so he they're saying... 
these stupid liberals, they, they're all about freedom, and we're gonna take advantage of that. Which is, I mean, these aren't bad ideas. These people really should have just published it under, published it under their own names and been like, this is our ideas, and, you know, the seething masses would have been like, yeah, sounds great, let's do it. God, I'm playing with my phone case so much, I really hope it doesn't, like, fuck up the recording. I'm gonna get a microphone eventually. I'll probably fuck with that, too. Anyways, it is precisely here that the triumph of our theory appears. The slackened reins of government are immediately, by the law of life, caught up and gathered together by a new hand, because the blind might of a nation cannot for one single day exist without guidance, and the new authority merely fits into the place of the old, already weakened by liberalism. Jesus H. Christ, these people are wordy. So they just, uh, they, basically people want to be guided. (laughs) They're basically just, you can sum that all up with literally one word. You want to know what that word is? Sheeple. These guys were before their time. (sighs) Oh, there's a, there's a, um, what do you call this? A header? There's a, there's some headers, I guess, when they kind of switch ideas. Mid-protocol, which is weird. Anyways, this one is GOLD! They're all in caps, so I'm going to shout those too. GOLD! In our day, the power which has replaced that of the rulers who were liberal is the power of gold. They, uh, they actually only capitalized the G there, but I still feel like it needs some emphasis. Time was when faith ruled. The idea of freedom is impossible of realization because no one knows how to use it with moderation. It is enough to hand over a people to self-government for a certain length of time, for that people to be turned into a disorganized mob. That was not very good grammar, but to be fair, this thing is, like, really fucking long, and, you know, I doubt they they cared much about that. Jews would, though. Jews definitely would. From that moment on, we get interness- internecine? Is that a word? Internecine. Internecine. All right. Destructive to both sides in a conflict. Okay. Internecine strife, which soon develops into battles between classes, in the midst of which states burn down, and their importance is reduced to that of a heap of ashes. I think they're saying people just want money and will inevitably destroy themselves because of it. I think. Honestly, most of this is just going to be me being like, what? I, uh, ah. Because people who wrote this were fucking stupid. So, you know, I'm not going to say I'm the sharpest tool in this shed, but I think I can safely say I'm a little bit smarter than the people who wrote this. That's nice to know. Whether a state exhausts... Oh, this is number eight. I haven't been saying the numbers. Oh, well. Eight. Whether a state exhausts itself in its own convulsions, whether its internal discord... <laughs> discord, like the like the messaging app. Or like the My Little Pony character. Whether its internal discord brings it under the power of external foes. In any case, it can be accounted irretrievable lost. It is in our power! Wink. Okay, so it's saying no matter how a state is destroyed, whether internally or externally, it is in our power. The despotism of capital, which is entirely in our hands, reaches out to it a straw that the state, willy-nilly, 
must take hold of. Drive is literally marking that is spelled wrong. I love this. That the state willy-nilly must take hold of. If not, it goes to the bottom. So they have to be subjugated by us. Should anyone of a liberal mind say that such reflections as the above are immoral, I would put the following questions. Every state has two foes, and if, in regard to the external foe, it is allowed and not considered immoral to use every manner and art of conflict, as, for example, to keep the enemy in ignorance of plans of attack and defense, to attack him by night or in superior numbers, then in what way can the same means in regards to a worse foe, the destroyer of the structure of society and the common wheel, the common wheel, the commonwealth, be called immoral and not permissible? So you're saying, but if we're allowed to fight our enemies, why aren't we allowed to fight our own citizens and subjugate them and, you know, like, execute them maybe just once in a while? No? No executions? Oh, maybe next time. And curtain. 10. Is it possible for any sound logical mind to hope with any success to guide crowds by the aid of reasonable counsels and arguments when any objection or contradiction, senseless though it may be, can be made and when such objection may find more favor with the people whose powers of reasoning are superficial? Basically, they're saying people are stupid and democracy is bad, which is pretty pretty bad i mean that's that's not like i was about to say valid but that's not like super valid god again though jews fucking love to argue none of this is written by a jew obviously we already knew that it's been disproven i'm just saying god i wonder if there are any actual like anti-semites listening to us to this i kind of hope so men in masses and the men of the masses being guided solely by petty passions, paltry beliefs, traditions, and sentimental theorems. I'm pretty sure sentimental theorem is a oxymoron, but we'll keep on. Fall a prey to party dissension, which hinders any kind of agreement, even on the basis of a perfectly reasonable argument. Just listen to us. We know better. We promise. Please listen to the elders of Zion. Please. I don't fucking know what that was about. Anyways, I'm going to say anyways a lot because I'm going to keep going off on stupid fucking tangents that will probably just get edited out. But anyways. Oh my god, I said it again. Every resolution of a crowd depends upon a chance or packed majority, which, in its ignorance of political secrets, puts forth some ridiculous resolution that lays in the administration a seed of anarchy. 11. The political has nothing in common with the moral. I think these people may have, like, seen 2018 America. It kind of seems a little like that. The ruler who is governed by the moral is not a skilled politician and is therefore unstable on his throne. Okay, a lot of, lot of, lot of interesting things in there. He who wishes to rule must have recourse both to cunning and to make-believe. Great national qualities, like frankness and honesty, are vices in politics, for they bring down rulers from their thrones more effectively and more certainly than the most powerful enemy. Okay, this is getting a little much, even for me. Why even for me? I'm a Democrat. What the fuck? I say stupid shit sometimes. (laughs) It's fine, just ignore me. You won't hear this anyway, it'll be edited out. 
Such qualities must be the attributes of the kingdoms of the Goim, but we must in no wise be guided by them. Might is right! 12. Our right lies in force. The word right is an abstract thought and proved by nothing. The word means no more than give me what I want in order that thereby I may have a proof that I am stronger than you. Let me pull out a dictionary, Elders of Zion. I'm getting a little iffy about this. 13. Where does right begin? Where does it end? Well, um, okay, so if you hold up your hand, uh, and it makes an L shape, then that's not the right. And then if you go to the other side, that is the right. So, see? Simple solution. 14. In any state in which there is a bad organization of authority, an impersonality of laws, and of the rulers who have lost their personality amid the flood of rights ever multiplying out of liberalism. The flood of rights. That sounds pretty good. I, I, I'm into a flood of rights. <laughs> I find a new right to attack by the right of the strong and to scatter to the winds all existing forces of order and regulation, to reconstruct all institutions and to become the sovereign lord of those who have left to us the rights of their powers by laying them down voluntarily in their liberalism. Okay, bit of a conflicting thing here. So, liberals are giving out a lot of rights but then they're also giving away rights. And then this dude just, like, dug around in a box and just, like, found a right, and I guess is just giving it to himself, which I guess is how things work now. I don't know. I couldn't tell you. Why not? 15. Our power in the present tottering condition of all forms of power will be more invincible. Did they spell invincible wrong? Oh, I think, I think, uh, Google Docs just doesn't recognize invincible as a word. That's weird. Will be more invincible than any other, because it will remain invisible until the moment when it has gained such strength that no cunning can any longer undermine it. I'm still not entirely sure what this means, but basically I think they're saying they're going to be super powerful and rule over everyone, which is, seems like kind of a recurring theme. 16. Out of the temporary evil we are now compelled to commit will emerge the good of an unshakable rule. Interesting definition of good. Which will restore the regular course of the machinery of natural life, brought to naught by liberalism. The result justifies the means. Let us, however, in our plans, direct our attention not so much to what is good and moral as to what is necessary and evil. No, evil. No, it says what is necessary and useful. Oh my god. (laughs) I mean, like, I'm not wrong, though. Oh my god. 17. Before us is a plan in which is laid down strategically the line from which we cannot deviate without running the risk of seeing the labor of many centuries brought to naught. Okay, I guess this whole protocol is just kind of a forward, like, this is what we're going to accomplish, and then the next is how we're going to accomplish it. And by we, I mean obviously the Jews. Duh, that's who we're talking about. 
In order to elaborate satisfactory forms of action, it is necessary to have regard to the rascality, the slackness, the instability of the mob, its lack of capacity to understand and respect the conditions of its own life or its own welfare. It must be understood that the might of a mob is blind, senseless, and unreasoning force. Okay, grammar again. And unreasoning force ever at the mercy of a suggestion from any side. The blind cannot lead the blind without bringing them into the abyss. Honey, there's not that many abysses around here. I don't really... Maybe a little bit of a mixed metaphor. Consequently, members of the mob upstarts from the people, even though they should be as a genius for wisdom, yet having no understanding of the political, cannot come forward as leaders of the mob without bringing the whole nation to ruin. Only one trained from childhood for independent rule can have understanding of the words that can be made up of the political alphabet. Again, the metaphors are a little odd, but also, I guess this is just a monarchy now. We kind of took a little bit of a turn. I guess it was implied before. 20. A people left to itself, i.e. to upstarts from its midst, brings itself to ruin by party dissensions, excited by the pursuit of power and honors and the disorders arising therefrom. Is it possible for the masses of the people, calmly and without petty jealousies, to form judgment, to deal with the affairs of the country, which cannot be mixed up with personal interest? Again, basically, people are stupid, is what they're saying. Can they defend themselves from an external foe? It is unthinkable. For a plan broken up into as many parts as there are heads of the mob loses all homogeneity? I don't know and thereby becomes unintelligible and impossible of execution. Whoa! Heads in the mob and execution. I don't know if that's exactly what they meant to say, uh, but there's definitely a bit of a tone there. Ooh, this next heading is pretty good. Are you ready? We are despots! 21. It is only with a despotic ruler that plans can be elaborated extensively and clearly in such a way as to distribute the whole properly among the several parts of the machinery of the state. From this, the conclusion is inevitable that a satisfactory form of government for any country is one that concentrates in the hands of one responsible person. Without an absolute despotism, there can be no existence for civilization which is carried on not by the masses, but by their guide, whosoever that person may be. The mob is savage, ooh, savage, and displays its savagery at every opportunity. The moment the mob seizes freedom at its hands, it quickly turns to anarchy, which in itself is the highest degree of savagery. 22. Behold the alcoholic animals, bemused with drink, the right to an immoderate use of which comes along with freedom, it is not for us and ours to walk that road. The people of the Goim are bemused with alcoholic liquors. Their youth has grown stupid on classicism and from early immortality, into which it has been inducted by our special agents, by tutors, lackeys, governesses in the houses of the wealthy, by clerks and others, by our women in the places of dissipation frequented by the Goim. Before I go on, I just want to note that it's really, really funny that they're talking about how much the goyim love uh, alcohol, because we literally have two, 
three, at least like four holidays that like religiously contain copious amounts of drinking. Like if there's one thing we're known for, it's not being lizard people. I don't think lizards can get drunk. I could be wrong. In the number of these last, I count also the so-called society ladies, voluntarily fo- voluntary followers of the others in corruption and luxury. 23. Our countersign is force and make-believe. Only force conquers in political affairs, especially if it is if it be concealed in the talents essential to statesmen. Violence must be the principle, and cunning and make-believe the rule for governments which do not want to lay down their crowns at the feet of agents of some new power. Okay, violent overthrow. I'm, that's, none of this is really new. Um, I was about to say the only th- uh, new thing is who they're pinning it on, i.e. once again the Jews, but that's not new either. I mean, there's a reason why this was created and it wasn't because some random dude decided he didn't like the jews like it's a history is there anything new about this i guess the communism thing moments karl marx around bitch i don't know this evil (laughs) this evil is the one and only means to attain the end the good therefore we must not stop at bribery oh we get into the money part Deceit and well, I guess we talked about gold earlier. Therefore, we must not stop at bribery, deceit, and treachery when they should serve towards the attainment of our end. In politics, one must know how to seize the property of others without hesitation, if by it we secure submission and sovereignty. Okay. Uh, see, here's the thing what you're describing isn't exactly good. I would call both of those things evil. Um, but you know. 24. Our state, okay, marching along the path of peaceful conquest, has, okay, again, you were just talking about violence, like, two points ago, but okay. Holy <laughs> shit, this next one's really good. Has the right to replace the horrors of war by less noticeable and more satisfactory sentences of death necessary to maintain the terror which tends to produce blind submission Jesus (laughs) these people really they were really really anti-semitic god I'm laughing but I'm also kind of internally crying because it's just like they really kind of almost thought this (sighs) jeez it's really fucking funny though to replace the horrors of war by less noticeable and more satisfactory sentences of death. That's, that's a very good sentence. Just but merciless severity is the greatest factor of strength in the state, not only for the sake of gain, but also in the name of duty. For the sake of victory, we must keep to the program of violence and make-believe. The doctrine of squaring accounts is precisely as strong as the means of, it, of which it makes use. I don't know what squaring accounts means, probably something anti-Semitic. Therefore, it is not so much by the means themselves as by the doctrine of severity that we shall triumph and bring all governments into subject into subjection to our super government. What's a super government? I'm if I'm intrigued, honestly. I'm very intrigued. I'm excited to know what that means. 
It is enough for them to know that we are too merciless for all disobedience to cease. We shall end liberty! Yeah, I think we kind of knew that already. You have been talking about it for a while, but yeah. 25. Far back in ancient times, we were the first to cry among the masses of the people the words, Liberty, Equality, Fraternity. Words many times repeated since these days by stupid poll parrots. Poll, uh, P-O-L-L, like a survey. Stupid poll parrots, who, from all sides around, flew down upon these baits, and with them carried away the well-being of the world, true freedom of the individual, formerly so well guarded against the pressure of the mob. So I guess they founded liberty. Uh, now they're gonna take it back. The would-be wise men of the Goyim, the intellectuals, could not make anything out of the uttered words in their abstractedness did not see that in nature there is no equality, cannot be freedom, that nature herself has established inequality of minds, of characters, and capacities, just as immutably as she has established subordination to her laws, never stopped to think that the mob is a blind thing, that upstarts elected from among it to bear rule are, in regard to the political, the same blind men as the mob itself, that the adept, though he be a fool, can yet rule, whereas the non-adept, even if he were a genius, understands nothing in the political. I think it's basically just another people are stupid thing. To all those things the goyim paid no regard, yet all the time it was based upon these things that dynastic rule rested. The father passed on to the son a knowledge of the course of political affairs in such wise that none should know it but members of the dynasty and none could betray it to the governed. As time went on, the meaning of the dynastic transference of the true position of affairs in the political was lost. Oh no, no more monarchies. Aww. That's so sad. I guess that's what we're trying to fix, though. And this aided the success of our cause. 26. In all corners of the earth, the words liberty, equality, fraternity brought to our ranks thanks to our blind agents. Oh, the agents are blind now? God, everything, everyone's just fucking blind, aren't they? Whole legions who bore our banners with enthusiasm. Jesus Christ. No Jesus in this, uh, no Jesus in this podcast. Quite the opposite. And all the time, these words were cankerworms at work, boring into the well-being of the goyim, putting an end everywhere to peace, quiet, solidarity, and destroying all the foundations of the Goya states. Which is weird, because the adjective of goyim, or goy, is goyish, not goya. But, you know, what the fuck do these Russian, Russian-ass goyim know? Nothing, probably. Well, definitely nothing. Anyways. As you will see later, this helped us to our triumph. Oh my god, this is like a, the McAvoy brothers um, will be in Shoals 2 thing, where they're like telling it from the future, where it already happened, but telling how they got there, I guess. That's pretty rad. Man, these is really were ahead of their time. The anti-Semitism, too. Anyways. As you will see later, this helped us to our triumph. It gave us the possibility, among other things, of getting into our hands the master card, the destruction of the privileges, or, in other words, of the very existence of the aristocracy of the Goyim, that class which was the only defense peoples and countries had against us. I am into getting rid of Goyish privilege. I mean, they're not wrong. 
on the ruins of the eternal and genealogical aristocracy of the Goyim. Yeah, I can't yell this out because like everyone's going to sleep now, but I'll do. I'll 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 fix it in post. We have set up the aristocracy of our educated class, headed by the aristocracy of money. Oh no. Oh no, we're getting to the bad shit. Well, we've been in the bad shit. The qualifications for this aristocracy we have established in wealth, which is dependent upon us and in our knowledge, for which our learned elders provide the motive force. Jesus Christ, what the fuck are they saying? Okay, we control everything. We control the banks. We control the money. Whatever. That's basically what they're saying. The end. Alright, I guess that's the last episode of this pot. No, just kidding. But that is basically the you know, a summary of kind of this whole thing is the Jews control the money, the Jews are communists, the Jews control the government somehow, simultaneously. I don't fucking know. The media. Did they have media back then? I guess they had newspapers. Did people ever talk about the Jews owning newspapers? I bet they did. There's fucking conspiracy theories about every every dumb shit. 27. Our triumph has been rendered easier by the fact that in our relations with the men whom we wanted... We have always worked- that's pretty gay, Elders of Zion, just by the way. We have always worked upon the most sensitive cords of the human mind, upon the cash account, upon the cupidity- wow, that is pretty gay- upon the insatiability for material needs of man, and each one of these human weaknesses, taken alone, is sufficient to paralyze initiative, for it hands over the will of men to the disposition of him who has bought their activities. Again- just money, mostly. Money and control and apparently, like, seducing every single goy? I think that's what they're saying. It sounds pretty sexual, honestly. Yeah, it's got some real homoerotic undertones here. 28. The, I believe, oh, no, there's a 29. God, these guys were long-winded. 28. The abstraction of freedom has enabled us to persuade the mob in all countries that their government is nothing but the steward of the people who are the owners of the country, and that the steward may be replaced like a worn-out glove. I mean, that's pretty valid. Like, most governments are kind of shitty, and they can technically be, like, constitutionally replaced. It's in the fucking, uh, we the people, it's in the, no... And it's not. It is. I don't. I don't know shit about history. It's in um, the Declaration. Something about. I mean, you know, John Locke and all that shit. They're like, you know, the people have the right to overthrow the government if the government does not do as the people wills, which is kind of what they're saying here. But apparently they're saying, well, I know what they're saying. What they're saying is that they're going to be replaced with um, the, you know, the Jews, TM, uh, who are going to become totalitarian, Jesus Christ, who are going to become totalitarian rulers. So, you know, in theory, it's great. But according to Mr. Elder, uh, maybe his plan, not so great for America. Still, though, it's really interesting how, um, you know, they actually do include some stuff, I guess to make it seem more realistic, that, like, is things that people would actually write in an actual, like, political statement. I really didn't know this thing was so in-depth. They really did. Well, <laughs> I was gonna say they did their research. They definitely didn't do their research because there's a lot of dumb shit in here. But they really put some thought into this. I'm kind of impressed. 
well, I guess that's what I'm doing this podcast for. All right, last and final clause of this protocol. Protocol number one. 29. It is this possibility of replacing the representatives of the people which has placed at our disposal and, as it were, given us the power of appointment. Yeah, so basically they just want to replace the government, which, I mean, according to most conspiracy theorists, they manage to do, so I'm, I mean, good on us, I guess. You know, I'd say we're we're doing pretty well for ourselves in terms of, uh, you know, most standard anti-Semitic uh, conspiracy theories. Um, this is pretty lit. I mean, you know, it's a lot of anti-Semitism. Uh, but, you know, know thy enemy, right? So, I'm definitely going to be making more of these. Um, it took me... I don't even want to look at how long from the time I first recorded this to the time I'm actually going to be putting it out. But most of that was figuring out how Audacity works and trying to muster up the courage to ask people if they I can use their work in my program uh, and shit like that. So hopefully there won't be a super long gap between this one and the next one. I'm not making any promises maybe two weeks, maybe more, uh, but just keep an eye out. You can find the show on Tumblr or Twitter at Protocol Zion. The theme song is Protocols of the Elders of Zion by Shy360, which uh, I put a link to his website and also to where you can download the song itself in the show notes. The lovely, lovely cover art is by Fatal who you can find at fatal-blow.tumblr.com. You should absolutely go check out their work and commission them. They are amazing, and I love them so much, and I'm very, very happy about what they have made for me here. Other stuff, uh, I put a link to the version of the protocols I am going off of, because not every translation is exactly the same, I don't think, um, so just so you can see what I'm looking at. Just be warned, it is published by actual anti-Semites, so just be a little careful when reading through that page. Um, I would recommend looking somewhere slightly more reputable, such as Wikipedia, if you want actual information about the protocols, which I probably will not be giving you, but we will see. I also put a link to the album I mentioned earlier, the name of which I've forgotten at the moment, but I have now discovered is called Suck It Christmas, which is a very good name, um, and a very good album, and you should go check that out. Um, I think that's it. This has been Protocol Zion with me, Saffron, and I don't have a good sign-off yet, so see y'all next time. Shy. LA to Tel Aviv. Protocol shit.